Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A gospel reading from the 14th chapter of John. Glory to you, O Lord. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, The one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Today is Pentecost, as you've heard, one of my favorite Sundays, and it's a beautiful day in Minnesota. Um, My name is Rolf Lohenberg-Debor, and I'm an assistant to the bishop with the St. Paul Area Synod. The bishop sends her greetings this morning to all of you. I'll start with a quick story. So, there are two young fish swimming along in Forest Lake. An older fish swims towards them and says, "'Morning, boys. How's the water?' After the older fish swims by, one of the younger fish turns to the other one and says, What the heck is water? Aren't we so often like the younger fish? I know I am. We are so often completely immersed in something we don't necessarily notice and surrounded by things that we don't necessarily understand. The Holy Spirit can be like the water in this story. The Holy Spirit is working all around us and in us and with us, the very breath of God. We are immersed in the Spirit, and yet we are often wondering what the Holy Spirit is or what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is mysterious and often difficult to describe with words. 
But if we open our eyes and our ears to listen to what is happening on a spiritual level, we can see and hear the Holy Spirit everywhere in our lives. If we are open, we can connect. The Holy Spirit is the great connector. We can be moved by the Spirit to do, to be, to act, to follow, and to lead. We can be moved to change things, to change the world. And we believe that the way things are, are not the way that they have to be. Is that right? Yeah. God calls us into transformation. We believe in transformation. So today, I want to talk a little bit about the advocate, which you heard about in the gospel. The advocate, the spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost, sometimes called the shy member of the Trinity, the helper, the comforter, the encourager, the intercessor. The Greek word for the Holy Spirit is paraclete, or one who is called alongside. That's paraclete, not to be confused with a pair of cleats that my son wears when he plays soccer. The Holy Spirit goes by many names in Scripture. And we as Lutherans tend to spend a lot of time talking about God and a good amount of time talking about Jesus, which is wonderful. But what about the Holy Spirit? In John's Gospel, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one who comes to walk alongside and guide the followers in the way of truth. To guide the followers in the way of truth. The early Christians were called the way or the people of the way. You've probably heard that. And I love this image, people of the way of Jesus who are known by their love and their hope. They are guided by the Spirit. I wonder, have you ever had a Holy Spirit moment in the Spirit Lab? Spirit Lab? Prayer Lab. Prayer Lab, we heard a little bit about uh, uh, someone having a, a, some Spirit moments, some time with the Spirit, some time in nature. So have you ever had a Holy Spirit moment? What did it feel like? What happened? How do you see the work of the Holy Spirit in your life? It might have felt like a moment of clarity or a profound insight, an opening of your eyes or ears, an opening of your heart, a time when you said or did something that did not seem like it came from you, but it was absolutely the right thing to say or do in the moment, or a time when someone else said or did something that changed you for, your, for the better, changed your life. Have you ever been sitting there at your campsite in the Boundary Waters canoe area watching the sunset over the water and suddenly felt a oneness, a unity with all things? That is the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been sitting with a loved one and felt completely connected to that person beyond all comprehension? Perhaps when your daughter or son was going through a difficult time or a particularly joyous time. Or maybe when your father or mother was on their deathbed. Wherever two are gathered, there is a third, and that is the Holy Spirit with us. Maybe you've been working in your garden, and when your hands reach into the rich soil, you know in your heart that everything in the end will be okay. That is the Holy Spirit in the moment comforting you. Perhaps you've been moved to go forth and stand in solidarity with someone who is really struggling in their life and you walked with them during their time of great need. You were moved by the Spirit to act boldly and humbly for the sake of another person. Holy Spirit moments can seem kind of wild. At least, they're not often what we might expect. I've definitely had some Holy Spirit moments, many of them in nature, many of them. But today... I'll tell you about a different story, or rather a series of Holy Spirit moments that I've had in my life and that I've been reflecting on. 
From 2008 until 2012, I worked with uh, Central Lutheran Church in downtown Minneapolis. Anybody been there? A few of you, yeah, a lot of you over here. Um, Central Lutheran Church in downtown Minneapolis. I was director of community ministries, and I, my role was to walk with and work with people experiencing homelessness during that time. So I ran all of the uh, outreach and social justice programs of the church. Uh, as you can imagine, there were many people coming through the church each day with a variety of, of struggles and needs and issues, but each person had a story a profound and heartbreaking and beautiful story of despair and hope and suffering and joy. When I started this work, I really focused on fixing problems, on solving issues that could be solved, on managing large programs at a large church, in doing things, getting things done. And then came Terry. Terry was about 70 years old when I first met him. He had been experiencing homelessness in Minnesota since the mid-80s mostly living outside year-round in tents. He had a great sense of humor. He liked to say that camping was intense, which I thought was pretty funny. He camped in urban areas, though, in thickets of trees you'd never notice unless you knew exactly where to look. Terry would come each day to the church for a community meal, a conversation for the free store, for community, to be with other people. We would spend time each day talking, and he wrote me a letter on most of those days I have about 150 of them from a five-year period at home. We got to know one another. We built trust. Then one cold and wet November day, Terry came into the restoration center, which was our day center at the church, and I could hear him coughing as he shuffled down the hallway. He came to my office doorway and greeted me, and he said, good morning. And he had a cup of coffee, and I said, good morning, Terry. And then I said, oh my goodness, what has happened to you? One side of his body was completely wet, and he looked very disheveled. And I had seen him in some rough spots before, but this was way worse. He said that his camp had been removed the day before, so he had slept on the side of the church building that night, the night before. It had snowed and sleeted all night, but he brushed off my look of concern, and he tried to launch into a story. He wanted to tell me a story. But I interrupted him right away. I said, Terry, you're all wet. You're cold. Your cough sounds awful. Let's get you some housing. You're a senior citizen. I know of a housing program that you can access. Terry waved this idea aside and tried to tell me his story again. And I interrupted him pretty quickly a second time. I said, Terry, I think we can get you housed by this weekend. We can do something about this. Your health is deteriorating rapidly. Terry again waved these concerns aside, and he tried to continue his story again. One last time, I interrupted him and said, Terry, you're going to die out there. We need to get you housed now. And he looked me right in the eye and said loudly, I don't need your charity. And then he stormed out. And in that moment, my whole view of him and his situation and the world began to change. He didn't want me to solve his problems in that moment. He wanted me to listen to his story. He didn't want me to fix things in that moment. He wanted me to hear him out. He wanted to be heard. Terry and I got over that situation, and I started spending more time listening to him instead of seeing his situation and him as a problem to be fixed. Then, over time, he got housed after 30 years of being on the streets of Minneapolis. And it wasn't me that got him housed. It was an elderly volunteer with a local housing organization we collaborated with, that we partnered with. They were just way better at doing this work. And I was so grateful for their partnership. 
As I reflect upon that time now and upon Terry's life, he has since passed. And I see the work of the Spirit all over the place, connecting me to Terry, showing me, opening my eyes and ears, opening my heart to God's work in the world. And then finally, I could see the face of Christ in Terry and welcome him as a true gift and child of God, to welcome him as Christ. My Holy Spirit moment here was really a series of moments that led to an all-out transformation. The Holy Spirit has a power, has the power to transform, to change, to shift the very foundations of our lives. The Holy Spirit connected Terry and I in incredible and life-giving ways. And I don't believe it was some random occurrence. It was far too profound. So I ask, how does the Holy Spirit move in your life, in your church, this church, faith, in your community of Forest Lake? Do you recognize the work of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is mysterious, but the Holy Spirit draws you in, draws you nearer. You can feel it if you let yourself. Find ways to draw upon that source, the source, and the more you do, the more you will experience the presence of God all around us and in us, in nature, in church, in the grocery store, in a coffee shop, out fishing on Forest Lake, on a long walk. My friends, God is fully available here and now, like we heard in that hymn earlier. There is enough of God to go around The Holy Spirit connects us to God through creation, through one another, through communing here in church today. The Holy Spirit is already dwelling within all of us. The story from Acts 2 that Pastor John read during Pentecost shows us that God is happening. The Spirit is moving. Christ is with us. Christ is with you God is not somewhere out there, over there, up there. God is here now with you in whatever in your life is going on. And this is something that is truly hope-filled. If God is with us, then we can have real, raw, shimmering hope. God is always at work planting hope in our lives. And the Spirit is always moving towards hope and towards love. The Spirit moves in us and through us to plant hope in others. The St. Paul Area Synod is currently working on the Planting Hope campaign, and I know you all have been hearing about it for the last few weeks and months. This is not something that's separate from other things that we're doing, I think, but really something that is fully intertwined with everything else that we're already doing on, on behalf of God's mission. Pentecost is a reminder of that deep and profound hope of God with us here and now, and our why is based on hope in Christ. It's why we do this. We can all be planters of hope all over our lives in a very intentional way. The 109 congregations of the St. Paul Area Synod can work together in relationship with each other and our neighbors towards transformation, real and tangible change. The Planting Hope campaign is a three-year campaign with a goal of raising $2.75 million to invite neighbors into life in Christ to renew congregations across the Synod, to raise up our next generations of leaders, and to invest in a transformative project with children and families, families together on the east side of St. Paul with Lutheran Social Services. With is the key word there. Together, with, with our partners, with our neighbors, with the congregations. 
What I love about the Planting Hope campaign is that it is based in relationship, in accompaniment, in transformation. And God works in collaboration with real people like you, like me, people who are filled with the Spirit to work on God's behalf in the world. This collaboration with Lutheran Social Services will bring us deeper into relationship with our neighbors and help us have a more profound and lasting impact. My friends, the Spirit moves us to come together and collaborate. This may sound wild in our culture of individuality and competition, but this is truly where the Spirit thrives, not in an us and them, but in the we, together. We are not meant to be separate from God or from each other. In fact, God wants nothing more than our deep and profound connection to God and to each other and to all of God's creation. And the Holy Spirit is the one that connects us. We are called to be collaborators with God in purpose and spirit. My friends, there are so many things we could do. It can be overwhelming, and the world is in desperate need. There are also so many barriers, often it seems, to doing almost anything. That can also be overwhelming. So, what do we do? We follow the lead of the Spirit, and we discern some things that we can do now together And we do this because we are moved by the Spirit. We are motivated and inspired by our faith to do something in the world, to change the world. We do, we keep doing the work of planting hope, of engaging God's mission by being with our neighbors, by generously giving, by engaging in the lives of our neighbors and with with the life of creation. The Holy Spirit moves our communities to care for the most vulnerable among us, to be bold in our contributions to the world, and to work for peace and justice. And we do not do this to preserve the institution, but we do it because we are inspired by the Spirit to take real action in our communities, to engage in God's transforming transforming mission. We are called and moved. The things we do are in response to what God has already done for us. This passage from Acts today really sharpens our understanding by clearly connecting the outpouring of the Spirit with the dynamic power that enables the church, all of us, to give effective witness to the living Jesus. The movement of the Spirit is all around us. We are surrounded by God's love and immersed in it. We are connected and guided by the Holy Spirit. We are drawn into life in Christ, which changes everything. Where is the Spirit guiding you? Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. God will give the Holy Spirit to all people, regardless of gender, age, race, background, or place in life. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is good news. The love of God knows no bounds. No one is excluded. No one is left out. In Christ we are home. May the power of the Holy Spirit continue to work in all of our hearts and lives, and may you be inspired by the Spirit to change the world. Amen. Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org, or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you.